0: Hi, I'm Darren Ride. And I'm Tim Beadle. Welcome to Disciple Making.
1: Hey! Welcome to Disciple Making. I'm Tim Beadle, along with my friend Darren Ride. The one thing that Darren and I share in common is that we're both parents. And uh, this morning, actually, I'm a grandparent. Are you a grandparent yet, Darren? I am, yep. Oh, there we go. Okay, so we're talking multi-generational disciple-making theme today. But specifically, we're going to talk about and focus on how to disciple our kids. And uh, because we've uh, had kids and grandkids, we've got lots of experience of maybe things that worked well. And things that maybe we would do different if we get, maybe that's why the Lord gives us grandparents, so we can do it all over again. But Darren's going to start off, but we invite you to join us on this journey in terms of understanding the heart of God and the responsibility of parents to disciple their kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: thanks, Tim. And yeah, I want to just start out by talking about just reflectively, individually. I know you're going to maybe unpack some of the biblical principles or guidelines from Scripture but I just want to flag a few things looking back that I think my wife and I did right in terms of disciple making as it related to our kids, and I, you know this is not you know just to say we nailed it and, and got everything right, but there's a few things we did right that I think are transferable to others. And and right out of the gate, Tim, and again the same principles apply to to disciple making children as adults. Right out of the gate for us, we made some decisions very concretely about how we would handle the whole salvation baptism communion process for our kids. And okay. our, our intent was never to get our kids to accept Jesus into their heart. Okay. Our intent was to get them to repent of their sins and believe in Jesus and trust him for salvation. Okay, and, and so that framed up the way, you know, the way we talked about it and the way ultimately it happened for our children, that it wasn't just a simple, you know, invite Jesus into your heart, but it was actually a sense of, I'm sorry that I do wrong, and I trust that Jesus died for me and paid the price. So, again, right out of the gate, I'm, I'm grateful we did it that way. Yeah, you know, I, I think one of the
1: criticisms of uh, the whole conversion experience is we we just get people to say a prayer, uh, once and done, r- rather than seeing it as a relational backdrop in terms of the, the whole, uh, <laughs> I preach once on the sorry state of our salvation, that that in salvation the, the, there has to be this... Time of confession. And, you know, when we're working with our kids, uh, sometimes they never want to confess they're wrong because then they'll get punished, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we have to work that into the discussion. I think what we said to our kids is that, um, you know, we don't make God sad. We, make, uh, we don't make him mad. We make him sad. Mm. Uh, because uh, so there's a distinction between mad and getting disciplined uh, out of anger, and uh, sad and being discipled. So it's the same word, uh, discipled, discipline, but yeah. but you discipline because we don't want to make God sad, we don't want to make mom and dad sad, and so uh, that leads to the repentance and confession type of thing as well. So I think that was more the approach that that we took. Uh, is that uh, we're not dealing with an angry God. We're we're talking about a parent who loves us and uh, who is sad when we choose not to follow the way he wants us to go.
0: Hmm. Uh, that's excellent. And, you know, in that era of our kids, which was, you know, their early, you know, preschool, uh, early elementary age, I remember one of the highlights for me was walking by uh, our son's room and hearing him praying. Hmm. And he was praying. He just prayed, dear God, help me to be good. <laughs> <laughs> he was a rotten little kid, and just just the, the, the sense that he understood the dynamic of right and wrong and going on—that was just—I uh, mean—that warmed our hearts, and that was a huge, huge highlight for us. But go, moving on from salvation, we talked a lot about the whole communion baptism thing yeah. uh, because you know, being raised in a Christian home and being pastors' kids, there can be a lot of assumptions, and we didn't want them to move move forward on assumptions. Okay. We wanted them to move forward, you know, based on on, you know, on personal response. And so we made a tough decision that uh, our kids wouldn't take communion until they were baptized. Okay. And that they wouldn't be baptized until they initiated it. Oh, neat. Okay. And that we would not in any way pressure them for it. And so really how it played out was a lot of times our kids were the only kids in the church not taking communion sometimes. Okay. (laughs) The pastor's kids weren't taking communion, you know, depending on the setup in the church. But what happened was uh, at a certain stage of their lives in their early teen years, through the teaching they received, you know, in Sunday school, church, youth group—not a personal me sitting them down one on one—they decided independently to get baptized. Wow! And and they did that. And once they were baptized, then we said, "Hey, you're you're free now to take communion." And they and they knew that. And and that, again, I think that's something we did right, where we didn't want to inoculate them against further responsiveness. And yeah. and just, uh, you know, one of our old profs in Bible school said, you know, the problem with being born into a Christian family is that you think that because your parents are God's children, you're God's grandchildren. Yep. God doesn't have grandchildren.
1: Exactly. At a very
0: personal level.
1: I, I, first of all, I respect the fact, and this is a principle I think we all need to take to heart, is that we have to figure out what's best for our kids. Yeah. A lot of parents have just sort of a jettisoned responsibility to the church. Mm-hmm. You raise my kids and give them Christian education, and I'll, I'll become a spectator. And and I couldn't be further from the uh, from the truth, so um, you know some people may not agree to your approach, but the fact is you had an approach, and and uh, I guess the challenge is what is the approach that we all have. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been my observation that that kids, you know, even from a young age, uh, they'll do things just because they're supposed to, and they won't understand why. And that's what I respect about what you just said, Darren your kids came to a, a level of understanding uh, where they wanted it uh, rather than doing it out of duty uh, I, I sort of uh, joke as I uh, listened to my little grandkids uh, say grace around uh, the kitchen table or bedtime prayers and and that was a practice one of the practices that we always established with our kids. We'd sing some songs about God's love and then we would just let them pray their little hearts. To their heart's content, uh, because they're, they're they're praying to to uh, it's just the innocence of youth, mm-hmm. and I think that's why Jesus said, you know, unless you change and become like children, uh, you, you're never going to see get a get a taste of the, of the kingdom because there's this innocence. That's uh just, just and so so our kids they're they're praying for all everything that's meaningful to them, and uh, but as they grow older, you know what happens? Their their prayers become rote rote prayers. Like a little parrot, just just saying the things, and they're just doing it to get through it. And uh, that's the thing that challenges my heart, is to keep uh, the discipling influence on their life uh, fresh. And uh, I believe that uh, discipling is caught more than it's taught. Because kids are just wide-eyed, watching what is meaningful to mom and dad, and grandpa and grandma, as it were. And, and they catch it. Mm-hmm. And then they start imitating you. And that's actually how you're teaching them, by, by giving them a model that they, they can uh, interpret in their own <laughs> level. Uh, and, and so, you know, uh, in Proverbs, uh, that, that verse that talks about us, you know, two six you know, train up a child in the way that they should go. And when they get old, they won't depart from it. Uh, there's been a fallacy in the interpretation is that we think, well, there's a certain way that we have to train them up. Mm. Actually, uh, literally that verse means train up a child according to their ways in terms of our kids, like I don't know what your kids, but uh, they're diametrically opposed in terms of views and type A and B and C and whatever. So we as parents, the responsibility that is ours, it comes out of Deuteronomy 6. Where where you know it says these commands I give you today should be on your hearts, and impress them upon your children. talk to them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads uh on your door frames and 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 on your gates so so every part it's a lifestyle that we are living in front of our kids, and it isn't something you sort of just pull out on Sunday mornings as you're going to church. but uh, this is uh, the core for me in discipling children. It's a lifestyle. Uh, They have to come to grips at their own time and in their own way. And we have to be attentive to that as well so that we can truly help them not only find Jesus as a special friend, but as their savior and Lord.
0: Mm, Amen to that. Mm -hmm. No, that's for sure. They, they, they do, they do do what they see, you know, and, and disciple making it, whether it's adults or children, is setting an example and being a disciple, yeah. you know, show, showing a way to do that. You know, a couple other things we did as well with our kids was um, my wife really was quite rigorous in teaching them Bible memory verses. Yeah, yeah, okay, far, far beyond anything they'd ever get in Sunday school. And I think when they went to kindergarten, if I recall correctly, they each knew at least one hundred different passages. Wow! Independent, and by by no, I mean they knew them cold. You could okay. say the reference; they could quote them, and she would make posters to teach them and everything else. And so, you know, they knew more. As I told her, they knew more scripture going into kindergarten than I knew graduating from grade twelve. There you go. <laughs> and, and I know that that shapes. And as they got older, then as they learned to write, we didn't give them an allowance apart from we paid them for their sermon notes. Wow. <laughs> there you go. So, so they took sermon notes, and that's how they would get their allowance. And so. You know, they they listened and attentively and they took notes and would turn them in and get their you know dollar or whatever it was, and yeah. uh you know, maybe a little bit of you know bribery there, but I think it, it really not? forced them to listen to the point where you know they developed some discernment and they and they developed the knowledge of scripture at a, at a fairly significant depth uh from that. And again, that's again looking at what we did right. I think I would put that put that in the category there.
1: Yeah, one of my Laura uh daughters, Laura. Uh, has trained her little son, my grandson, Jack. Uh, and she's made these uh, little uh, placards, cue cards with a picture and a few words of a verse. And she'll say the first couple words. And then he just, he, he knows so many verses now. It's like incredible. <laughs> we're sitting back and we're just praising the Lord. Uh Now, he is learning them without fully understanding what they mean, but... Sometimes the Holy Spirit brings back to remembrance those things that we have learned. And he is learning things yes. that I think will be good foundations throughout his life. Uh, because that's the same thing. Uh, you know, these little kids, you know, Jesus said, let the little ones, let the little children come to me and don't forbid them. For to such as these belongs the kingdom of heaven. So uh it, it's just God's desire that little ones come to him. How do they come to him? Well. Uh, by watching Mom and Dad and having a plan, a game plan, but also just getting them to feed at their own level on the Word of God. And yeah. uh, it just warms my heart to no end that oh. that little Jack uh, sitting there with mm-hmm. Lore is just uh, one after another. He sees a card. He sees sometimes you put music associated with verses. Yeah. You learn Scripture by songs. Yeah. Uh, I I know we did that with our kids in terms of learning the books of the Bible in, in Sunday school. You know, it was like a library. We actually made a library, uh, 66 books, and we put, and, and then all the kids had to put them in order. Now, now that, again, oh, is just just learning uh, more about the, the Bible and how it's made. And we talk about different books and things like that. So that, that was another very practical approach as, as kids we did through, through the Sunday school. And as pastors, you know, you're, you're doing it for more than just your own kids. But having this strategy, hmm. uh, I, I
0: think that, that that's half the battle. I think so too. You know, our kids at that age, elementary age and school age, that was before I'd really wrestled with you know the DDP description of a disciple person or DNA of a Christ follower. Yeah. But we actually picked something up in, in, a, in an unusual place. There's an old parenting book written by John Maxwell. In fact, who's not known as a parenting guy, as oh. a leadership guy, but but he wrote this book on parenting called Breakthrough Parenting. Okay. And there's a chapter in there about parenting for based on priorities, not perfection. Yeah, you know, saying you know you can have saying you know you can have a list of a thousand things you want your kids to be and do, but when you boil it down, what are the essentials? Right. And my wife and I went through you know some some grappling with that and landed on four things right. that if we can instill these four things into our children, we consider you know ourselves a success as parents. And then you know other things, not that they're unimportant, but they're they're lesser. They're they're down the list. And our four things were that they'd have a passion for Christ and His mission. Hmm. accept a new scripture as their source of absolute truth hmm. that they would exhibit wisdom integrity and skill in their interpersonal relationships and that they would be grateful people wow and those were the four things and we we drilled that we taught we taught it to them after we'd done it for a while, we actually taught these things to them and drilled them on them and from time to time i would <laughs> i'd pull out a 20 and say hey what are the four things There you and they go. they would usually get three that's right And I put the 20 away and they'd memorize it, re-memorize it for a while and get motivated. But we just wanted to be very clear that this is, you know, these are the important things. And, you know, your haircut is secondary and some of those other things are secondary. And that helped us a lot. And I think disciple making, whether with children or or adults, what are the priorities? What are the key things? And in parenting, it's really easy to try to make our kids perfect. And that, that took the pressure off for us, I think.
1: Yeah, I think the bottom line is that if we don't have a strategy, and I just love the strategy and, and the fact that you can look back and recall that uh, far few parents can do that. Uh, but if we don't disciple our kids, culture is going to disciple them mm. in terms of influence them. And so we uh, disciple them for the Lord. Otherwise, there are they're, they're endless um, other voices uh, calling for their attention. And they most of them aren't God honoring and the allure of the world is always there for even kids as they make their uh you know, lists for birthday gifts and you know, you, you can just see uh the influence of culture on them. Mm. But but how about the the influence of the Bible, the influence of godly parents, the the influence of the church? Now, if you weren't raised in a godly home, you probably don't know even know how to Discipline your kids. Mm-hmm. I I would go and ask your pastor. Can you help me? Uh, or go there. There's excellent resources as well. I know. Uh, a few years ago, I, I worked with ten children's pastors, and we actually came up with a guide of uh, spiritual development uh, levels for kids uh, from from birth to basically uh, grade six. Oh, wow. uh, what what kids can actually understand about Jesus, God, the Trinity, and mm-hmm. at what level can they respond? And so, uh, we, we published that a few years ago and it, it's gone, uh, well, it's been translated into Chinese and French and it, it, it's being used all over the place just because, you know, we sort of have kids stand against the, uh, the, the uh, the side of the door and, and notch the, the, the growth, incremental growth physically as they grow. But, but how about spiritually? Uh, how do we keep track of how kids are, are growing spiritually and, uh, that, that's why we've made this, you know, sort of central to, to uh, this podcast, because kids aren't the church of tomorrow. My wife once said, kids are not the church of tomorrow, they're the church of today. And unless we make them the church of today, they won't be around tomorrow. And statistics are pretty brutal of how many kids just walk away from the church as it were their faith, maybe in those ages of rebellion where they want to find themselves, but Uh, we have to get our head out of the sand and realize that we have to make kids the church of today.
0: Mm. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and, you know, as a, as a pastor, it was an interesting tension having my children in the church I was leading and, you know, seeing what's happening or not happening in their age specific ministries and walking that line between putting on my parent hat and putting on the lead pastor hat and, and how much did I want to, you know, interfere in things. And I would say that, you know, what I might do differently in that regard was I would probably put on my parent hat more today. Yeah. yeah and, in sure. terms of saying, Hey, here, I'm talking to you as a dad. I mean, it's hard to separate Hard would hard, hard for a staff person, but as a dad, here's what's going on in my kid's life. You know, I think this is where, you know, they and their peers could use some help, yeah. you know, maybe being a little more intentional that way. I think for us, we did a pretty good, as I shared the thing, some foundational things, but as far as the week to week implementation, I would have liked to structure more, Week to week, input instruction into it. Yeah, know we did a family night for quite a few years on a Friday. Typically, you know, we we'd share what we're grateful for and maybe review a Bible verse. And then we, you know, watch a Veggie Tales video or something. Yep. And I would promptly fall asleep. You know, that was that was kind of <laughs> kind of the pattern there. But I think a little bit more, even life instruction uh, in in the practicalities of life. When my son was sixteen, we did a big road trip. Okay. drove south, drove into the states for eleven days. And I actually used that time. He drove most of it, and I read from a book that was a book about you know going out on your own and talking about principles, and and you know that was a landmark event for me and for him. But I would have liked more of that along the way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah. My wife and I, uh, in reflecting, because we had four kids and you're pastors and you're just busy all the time. We, if we did it again, we would have spent more time one on one with each child rather than just do the whole group thing, because they did learn uh, differently. Uh, one of our kids had some learning challenges, but you sort of just group them all in because you know, time is of the essence. If we did it again, and this is not easy to do, but in terms of a priority, as you were talking about earlier, um, we would spend more time one-on-one, really understanding the way that God had designed them, uh, understanding their, their learning style, uh, some are more creative, some like music, some like art, things like that. We, we would have used the things that brought them passion to uh, mm-hmm. use as a foundation for that as well. So I think, you know, rather than decide how we're going to disciple our kids, the starting point is understand that God wants us to disciple them as well. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> the, 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 the fact that he calls us his, uh, uh, his, his loved children, you know, in first John, the love that uh, he's lavished on us, that we should be called children. Well, He never stops loving us, and he walks with us according to our way. But it's a wonderful example how we take time with each child as they grow up, and then there's those teen years where you start becoming more of a friend so that uh, you can let those kids launch and things like that. But, um, yeah, very few parents feel they've done a good job at this, but um, (laughs) – We sort of did the best with what we knew, and we know so much more. But even even uh, for those of us who were older, just coming alongside parents and encouraging them to take time, get to know their kids. And there's wonderful resources that we never had. Although flannel graph is coming back,
0: I hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it may well. It may well. I mean, it's pretty powerful for little kids because there's that tangible side to it. You I know, know, exactly. Yeah. Uh, anything else you have there, Darren? In, in terms of no, just, you know, th- there's lots we could talk about as far as peer group, as far yeah. as you know, the value of family holidays where you withdraw yeah. yeah. from the peer group and it's just you. Uh, you know, I, I think those are important things. Bible camps have been huge. They're huge in my yeah. personal life. Yeah, uh, they're very significant in my kids' lives. There's there's some tools there, but I think the primary thing is to a understand that we're called to make disciples of our children, right. and b that we need to approach it not haphazardly, but with a little bit of intention and really relying on the spirit of God, as you said, train them up in the way they should go, train them up in the way they are wired, train right. them up aligned with their passions. And and that will lay down some tracks that they won't ever waver from. Yeah. I think for, for us, again, it's, it's caught
1: more than it's taught. And to kids love uh, predictability. They love schedules, uh, routines, as we call it, like as you know, our grandkids, as, as we help get them down sometimes they have a routine. You know, we do this, Grandpa, then we do this, then you draw pictures on my back, and then we sing this song. But uh, even today, uh, if we got all our kids together, we talk about it as the kids were growing up, you know, we, we would pray with them, and then uh, I'd bring out the old guitar, and we'd sing two different songs. Uh, a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another, you know, from John 13. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, to the tune of Idleweiss. Thank you, Lord, on this day for your many good blessings. So, so every night they went to sleep knowing that God was a God who blessed them. And uh, it just set the tone for their lives and as they follow Christ today. So uh,
0: any any final thoughts or are we going to wrap no, it up? I think that's good. Lots to work with there. Yeah. And uh, uh, people have any questions about that, we did yeah. get into a lot of what, at least for me, what we did wrong. And there is a list as well. <laughs> I thought for today we'll highlight some things that went right. That maybe go. someone will pick up on. Yeah, so that's our podcast for today. Thanks for
1: joining with us. And uh, you can find us on many platforms. Uh, My friend Darren Wright, I'm Tim Beadle. And join us again for another episode, as it were, in the wonderful adventure of disciple-making. May God bless you.
0: Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to imakedisciples.com or christfollowerdna.com. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts.